Hey everybody, this is Pastor George. Now, as you're getting into this particular series of podcasts, I want to thank you for coming back and joining us. It's been uh, it's been a, a long time since I've been able to do midweek podcasts, but I think it's time to get back to business. Now, this particular set of uh, set of podcasts, this this series of conversations here with my friend Jose, the very first one we did, I didn't realize that um, my my voice was being picked up in his microphone, so it created a little bit of an issue. So I had to do some creative editing in there. So if you hear some wonky audio in there a little bit, it's okay. That problem has been fixed. It won't bother us in the future, but wanted to let you know going into this one, it's not your speaker. That was my fault. So I hope you enjoyed the content. Lord bless you. Eventually you find someone who's who's like, you know, um, I'm not allowed to preach in my church, so I started this YouTube channel. I'm like, oh, boy. Oh boy. <laughs> what is about to happen? <laughs> and they're like, I've been, I was reading this passage, and, you know, most people look at it this way, but I was praying about it. I'm like, oh, oh here we go. You know, and... God told me that this actually means this. Uh-huh. Thinking, no, no God did not talk to you. God, you did not hear from God. It was not you God. <laughs> you know? and, I, and this is as a charismatic, I'm hearing you did not hear from God. Right. Um, and you say that, people are like, you're just horrible. You're, you just, you're just jealous that they have a bigger following than they you have do. more revelation than yes. you. <laughs> There's more spirit in them. Like, no, that's not what happens. Uh, there might be a spirit in them, but it's just either vodka or something. It's not the Holy Spirit, but you know, I can't say anything else. It just gets and see, see, this is why I don't do this very often because you know, there there are times where I I, I, I sit down and I'm thinking, how did I get this job? <laughs> yeah, I'm a I'm a pastor. So my wife Samantha will go, what do you do for a living? I said, I find people who are enjoying life and I fix it. <laughs> well, truth is uncomfortable. It's it's yeah. it's nice to. Appeal to someone's, to want to appeal to someone's emotions and make them feel better. But if it's based on a false truth, which obviously is not a truth, yep. uh, you're running into trouble. Yeah. Which is and, why you need to, we need to study. Yeah. And know the word of God. Yeah. And there's a, there's a lot of that, you know. Um, when you get way back into the beginning of the charismatic movement. So the, the charismatic movement is not, some people say the charismatic movement started in the early 1900s. No, it got popular in the early 1900s, but the charismatic movement has been around as long as any part of the church has been around. You can see pieces of it throughout history. Um, it just never became uh, mainstream, you know. And, and now, since the Protestant Reformation, uh, there was a whole lot of things that did, you know that didn't exist in the Dark Ages that are now just you know various elements of, of mainstream Christianity. But that doesn't mean that uh, um, that it's been good the, the whole time, you know. Like any movement, you got the reform movement; they have had their problems. Believe me, they've had their problems. Um, and then you get the charismatic movement; we've had our problems, you know. And but mo- a lot of ours, unfortunately, can be tied back to a single event. True. 1911, California, Azusa, Azusa Street, Street. Yep. and uh, that's kind of where some of these problems that, that we'll be talking about where they began. And um, there, there's a lot of – we won't get into the detailed history. We'll just cover some things lightly uh, at this point, and then we'll get deeper into it as we kind of go along. But I don't want to vomit all this stuff up on you at the – you know, at, at this particular time. But, you know, um, so if you're not familiar with that – with this, what ended up happening is, is there was a group of people who were praying for movement of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And this was not like, you know, people praying for a couple of months you know, or just a little while. These are people praying for years. All the time. Yeah, for this movement of the Holy Spirit. Yes. And this idea of speaking in other languages right. and manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit yes. became uh, sort of a sort of an early movement. And um, by the time it worked its way to the group at Azusa Street, a revival broke out. Mm-hmm. 
And there was like crazy stuff going on. I mean, it was just like beyond crazy stuff. Now you gotta remember, this is during days before, you know, before telephones were really in use. You have, you had wires that were, you know, Morse code tapped across the, the ocean and stuff. Um, but this thing went worldwide. Yeah. There were people literally coming from the other side of the world to come see what was happening at Azusa Street. And there were a lot of people who very, very much did not believe that this could have been a movement of the Holy Spirit. And there was a, there's one testimony, and uh, I'll try to get the actual reference for this. I apologize for not having it here. It's just coming off the top of my head. But there was one group of, of ministers, there were three or four of them, and they came to confront the false teachers mm-hmm. at the movement. And the, te- the eyewitness testimony is within, within minutes, they were on the floor repenting, you know, just, just, none of them had, had any idea that this was about to happen, but the, the, the spirit just, just, just overcame them. And, um, in this process, you were seeing various miracles. You were seeing different manifestations Isn't of the gifts. This when they were nailing the crutches to the wall, yes. and wheelchairs, yeah. and people were, yeah, it was yeah. just, just nuts. Um, and what ends up happening is two, camps began to emerge because in any movement like this you're going to find two very distinct groups of people you're going to find the people who these things are happening to and then find the people who are still in those same meetings that none of this is happening to them they may be experiencing a change in their life they may be deepening their relationship they may be enjoying music or whatever is going on and or enjoy praying for someone but what they're seeing with people is not happening. You know, I can remember the Toronto revival. Oh yes, some people are like, oh, people are on the ground mm-hmm. crawling like lions and yeah. stuff like that. It was just crazy. And other people was like, nothing happened to me. Mm-hmm. But they were both in the same building, you know. But it doesn't delegitimize either side of it. You know, I think one side's a little weird, but you know, I'm usually the guy in, in the revival who's just like, this is awkward. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean, I've been prayed for and I've 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 fallen down and I I think I fall I think I've fallen down correctly. And I think I've fallen down because everybody else is yes. falling down. You know, there are those, there are those moments. The same here. Yeah. I can remember, uh, I was, I was actually at Toronto uh-huh. and there was these people praying for me and you got there and there's like the little lines on the yep. tape lines on the floor, like one body oh, length apart. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, they were praying for me like nothing was happening. And then they were like calling more people over and they're praying for me. Nothing's happening. They put your hand in your stomach and they start yeah. praying in tongues even louder. Nothing's happening. And finally I was just like, I'm just going to fall over. Because if I don't, I'm going to be here forever. A long time. Yeah. I'll never leave. Yeah. I've been prayed for by the pusher. Yes. Like the guy who put his hand on your forehead and yep. push you back. Yeah. And then you say, are you pushed? Stop pushing me. I'm not pushing you. That's the Holy Spirit. I'm like, no, that's your hand pushing me. Please yeah, stop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Just reach up and grab their tie. I'm going. You're going. Come with me. That's right. We can meet the Lord together. <laughs> It just gets, it just gets crazy. Um, but, uh, but you know, but, but the, the problem is that we know that there are some fabricated things that happen in the midst of those things. But we also know that there are some real moves of the spirit that happen in, in those things as well. Yeah. Uh, in, in every revival, there's going to be counterfeit and there's going to be, there's going to be, um, you know, authentic, mm-hmm. authentic moves, of, moves of the spirit. But that can happen in any church service, Absolutely. you know? But the problem with Azusa Street is the two camps that emerged from that um, one side of it was if you don't have X, Y, Z manifestations of the Holy Spirit in your life, then you're not actually saved. Right. You know, it was, mm-hmm. it was no, it was no longer that these things are available to you. Right. It was, this is proof that you are a real Christian. Yes, sir. What a horrible, 
a, a horrible way to view other mm-hmm. people, you know, th- through the lens of something. And the funny thing is, yeah, and they're viewing these people through the lens that they always believed that they were Christians even before any of this stuff happened mm-hmm. to them. Yep. You know, but now you got to be, to be a real Christian. Proof. Yeah. And then, so then there was the other side that was saying, no, no, I was a Christian before. Yep. I'm still a Christian. So no, if you have that stuff in your life, then you're, then it's demonic and you're not a Christian. Uh-huh. And so these two camps came out that hated each other. Yes. In Jesus name. Mm-hmm. You know? right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I love you and I love you in the Lord. But you're not a Christian, you know. It's like, wow, that is that is so friendly. Um, it's it's just nuts. It's like having a barbecue at a at a at a vegan pep rally, you know. It's just nuts. It's just not nice. Um, but they this has continued for yes. since the last hundred years, yeah. you know. And uh, it's it's one of the things I was I was having a conversation with another friend, and, and uh, he had asked me about um, uh, about this this very thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I said, honestly, one of the things that that I wish had never happened was Azusa Street. And he was very, very surprised mm-hmm. um, because my my opinion of it, and this is just my opinion, is that the lasting the, – the benefit of a movement of the Spirit in ICEA is in the lasting fruit. Yes. You know, and the lasting fruit from something like Azusa Street, even Toronto, Pensacola, uh, Brownsville, yep. um, uh, even Asbury, yep. you know, is the division. Yeah. You know, there are things that happen in people's lives, and that's, that's wonderful, mm-hmm. but corporately – the thing that I see come out of most of these things is div- is some sort of division in the church, yep. and it drives me insane. And uh, I mean, especially like Asbury is, is the most recent example. Mm-hmm. Immediately, oh yeah, you had people that are like, people are getting saved. This is wonderful. Um, and then other people are like, no, the um, the lifestyle of the people leading worship is wrong. Uh, you know what? I've I've looked into it. Yeah, there's some people that I wouldn't have wanted to be part of that. Okay, let's set that aside. Lives were changed. Yes. So can we at least thank God for that? Absolutely. You know, and then be some more discerning down the road. But people just, they just, they just seem to not be able to do that. Mm-hmm. These camps still exist and they shouldn't. There's no value in them, mm-hmm. you know? But we, we, we talk about these things and, um, when you start getting into this, into these types of camps today, that idea of the, Hyper charismatic movement, right. which would be the, the, the gifts of the spirit, mm-hmm. you know, find, finding your power, right. you know, your authority in God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like you have authority in God. That's just, that's <laughs> so awesome. Holy spirit obeys me. No, he doesn't. Uh-huh. No, he does um, not. you know, but that has become so much more prevalent today. And I, I think a lot of it has become more because our ability to communicate has become more. Oh yeah. You know, I mean, the internet has exploded things. Uh, YouTube has just gone over the top. Uh, you know, and so there's so much more in the conversation. I think things have just moved faster. Mm-hmm. You know, you kind of long for those days where the phone was attached to the wall by a really long curly cable. Right. You know, everything moved slower and it was wonderful because you could control it. Exactly. You know, nowadays things can get out of, out of control so fast. Yeah. Cause you, information spreads at the speed of sound. Yeah. And immediately people have opinions of varying degrees about anything and everything mm-hmm. and depending on the platform of the of the individual you'll create a ripple effect in that direction of for it or against it and it's almost hard to contain it yeah. just moves so quickly you don't even have time to respond and then by the time you do respond it's almost too late yeah yeah the the speed at which a rumor can get started oh, yeah. or a, a misrepresentation can mm-hmm. get going it's just it's just unbelievable mm-hmm. yep it's worse than the tin can game or, you know, or the, or the, the, the telephone game. Yeah. Yes. It's just, it's just nuts. Yeah. 
you know, but when you think about that in terms of, of the church, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, globally, there is nothing more persecuted right now than the, than the Christian church. It's just been the case, you mm-hmm. know, you could be anything else other than a straight yeah. white Christian, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, those are just horrible. Yeah. Uh, you know, and if you're a straight, if you're a straight minority Christian, you're even worse because mm-hmm. now you're a sellout to your yes, people. Exactly. You know, it just, it just gets nuts, yes. but it's all wrapped up in this idea of Christian values, yep. Christian family values, mm-hmm. Christian moral values. Those are, those are the things that are the most under attack instead of the church working together to bring forward a simple gospel message we're knuckling down and fighting each other over whether or not you're a real christian or not based on arbitrary factors that we've just sort of come up with on our own mm-hmm. you know i've yeah. talked to god about it and right. if you don't speak in tongues you're not a real christian uh-huh. you know there's, there's churches locally that uh that that teach plainly if you don't speak in tongues you're not a real christian and wow. you, you ask people in those churches, what about the passage where Paul says, do everyone do speak, in Christ- speak in speaking tongues? No. What do you do with that? Well, uh, Paul was mistaken. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's oh. a good road to go down. Yeah. You mean the, the, the same guy who wrote the Corinthians passage about uh-huh. the gifts of the Spirit? And you're like, oh, that's, yeah. that, that's weird. It's weird that he'd be wrong about that. Um, it's so strange how, how, how distant we can be from one another. I mean, you can have, different worship styles absolutely you know i mean there's going to be people that that they they only think a hymnal should be used in in church which cracks me up because Mm -hmm. hymnals were the types of hymns that they sing now were banned in churches for a long time because they were too they were too modern you know they were just just bar bar music this is horrible music who sings a chorus oh that's weird you know but you you have all those and you have like more modern guitar driven worship or something like that and then you got you got metal which i'm not a fan of but you are big fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean, it's, uh, I used to listen. It's weird right. though. I mean, I used to listen to, you know, nine inch nails, oh, yeah. dead Kennedys, violent mm-hmm. fabs. I mean, all that, all, all that, all that stuff was, it was just so great. And now and in my head, I'm like, I don't get it, mm-hmm. you know, but other people do. And I don't have a problem with it. Right. You know, it's just, it's just nuts. I mean, could you imagine me sitting down going, you know, Jose, one of these days when you grow up and become a real Christian, you'll start listening to, Worship music <laughs> instead of that headbanging stuff that cannot glorify no, God. No, cannot glorify God. <laughs> yeah, but it's funny you bring that up, George, because I remember when I was when I first got saved. I was 14 years old when I got saved, and my brother, my older brother, led me to the Lord, and he was from a camp that believed all contemporary Christian music was of the devil. All of it was. Wow. And I was there for a long time. I believed that very thing, but. I knew that my brother loved me unconditionally, wanted mm-hmm. the best for me, but he was telling me something that was incorrect. Yeah. And he was passionately telling me that, which made it a little more convincing. So I kind of followed that um, belief pattern um, until a few years. I had a prodigal season in my life where I walked away from God. And then my uh, cousin became a youth pastor of a church and they began inviting me to the youth meetings and they'd listen to Petra, White Cross, Striper, all these Christian hard rock bands. And I began to listen. Keith Green, other headbangers. I love (laughs) I've always loved Keith Green. Keith Green is always where it's at. Banana bread. (laughs) Anyway, keep going. Sorry. But anyways, uh, you know, and that God used that music to tug my heart to bring him back to himself. And then I realized all those years, how sincerely my brother loved me and wanted me to grow in Christ, he was wrong about this area. Yeah. So now as we sit here and talk about this, these um, offshoots of charism- charismania, as people like to call it, yeah. um, 
I believe a lot of those people really believe what they're saying is true. Yep. And the stuff that they're coming out telling their congregations or their 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 platform this stuff, I believe they genuinely a lot of them, I can't say all of them, but a lot of them believe what they're saying is actually good for the people that's listening. Yeah. But they're so far off from scripture. Yeah. That is just an emotional drive to make people feel better, to look at themselves a little bit more righteously through their idea of what's a filter is. So it's it's a it's a it's a vast array of where these teachings come from. They're not all they might be a bad teaching, but they might be coming from a pure motivation, which I mean, just because you're con- you're sincere, you could also be sincerely wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Your heart in it is not very valuable. Right. <laughs> no. No. Nope. Yeah. We've learned through scripture that our hearts are desperately wicked yeah. and deceitful. Yeah. And th- and that that those issues can can grow uh, over time, you know. So when we were when we were both much younger listening to uh, and following people that we would not follow today. Not today. You know, not today at all. I mean, I can give you two two examples right off the bat. When I first became a Christian, um, I was given a book um, uh, called Good Morning, Holy Spirit by Benny oh, Hinn. Yes, Benny Hinn. And I was, I was like, you know, okay, whatever. And I read the book. And, you know, and honestly, I liked the book. Mm-hmm. It, it was uh, – I, I was surprised that I actually read through the book. It wasn't a very big book, so it made it a little right. easier. Yes. But I, I liked the book. I appreciated the testimonies behind it. And this was written very early in his ministry. Yes. And I th- I think he was much different back then. Mm-hmm. You know, I think yeah. there was actually an honest desire to do to do right, but I think that's changed over the years, mm-hmm. you know. Um and that that kind of set me in in a in a direction of uh you know wanting to do something for God. Mm-hmm. You know, like when cuz in it his mom ta- he talks about his mom making a deal for God about, you know, olive oil for, you know, my son being in ministry or whatever. And it was, you know, it was honestly it was a little weird, but I was like, yeah. you know what, whatever. I don't I don't know the difference, right? And uh so you start you start going forward and, you know, like then I was uh uh I was I was sick for a little while and I I had some some issues with my legs. And uh, someone took me to a Benny Hinn Easter uh, gathering. Yeah, it was down down in New York City. Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, "Yeah, this is great. Yeah. I'm going to be healed. This is going to be fantastic." Because I, you know, I'd given them money, and and because you know that that's what you did to yeah. to, to get healed. You, you the, the the bigger the the bigger the miracle right. you needed, the more the more you said. <laughs> and you know, I was like, "Okay, fine, whatever. If that's if that's the way God works, it's a trade. Fine, sure. you know." And so I go, and um, I'm in the midst of this meeting, and you know it's very emotional music, and, yep. you know, and it's just kind of the very stereotypical, you know, coat waving, oh, yeah. you know, kind mm-hmm. of a thing. And uh, uh, and I and I'm there, and he's talking about the wave of the Holy Spirit coming, and 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 everyone, put your hands up, and everyone who needs a healing, put your hands up, and and all this stuff, and like you know, we're you know, we got the expensive seats, so I'm up, I'm up where there's no oxygen, you know, and we're. <laughs> <laughs> We're watching this thing, and, and I'm I'm very analytical. Yeah. So I like I'm watching, and I'm actually listening to to mm-hmm. the language. And he's he's talking, and he's talking about all this stuff, and and I'm I'm wondering, does God actually work like this? Oh, you know, right. uh, I'm trying I'm trying to figure this out because like this at that point I had read through a good portion of the Bible, mm-hmm. and it, it just didn't make sense to didn't me. Like up. it was it, it wasn't lining up with the passages that I had learned, mm-hmm. but maybe. You know, I knew enough, I knew enough to realize I was pretty new at this. Right. So maybe I just didn't maybe get the wrong. supernatural side of it. Yeah. And so he's talking about this wave of the spirit that's going to come through and the healings are going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know, raise your hands or whatever. So I, I'm raising my hands and I, I'm, I'm asking God to heal me. And like he's, he like waves his arm in a very typical Benny Hinn fashion. Yes. 
And as he's doing it, people like all Domino, through the sanctuary, just, just just like Domino's. Yeah. yeah, it's like it's like a it's like a wave in a stadium. Yeah. You know, it comes through, and it comes through to me. Nothing. Nothing. I just just standing there, mm-hmm. and I start thinking, did my doubt cause the yes. blessing to go right over uh-huh. me? You know, and there's like people behind me that are like totally fainting, like oh, uh-huh. and like go, and like literally blood pressure just dropped out. You know. <laughs> And I was thinking, what, what is, what is, what is, what is going on? Maybe, you know, maybe I missed it. Mm-hmm. And so I start, I start, I, I go home and I, I, I start, see, start searching. What is it that, what, what is it that's going on? Right. What I, what I start, you start searching the scriptures for, for what, what had happened. And what I very quickly came to the, to the understanding of was nothing happened. Yeah. You know, the, the truth of the matter is that God doesn't heal everybody. Mm. There's just a reality to that, you know. I watched people like I was up high enough where you can see all the people in wheelchairs and everything mm-hmm. coming in because we were there quite early, and I watched all these people in wheelchairs come in, and I watched them go out in wheelchairs, uh-huh. you know, on hospital beds mm-hmm. and on crutches, and I realized those people fell down. Mm-hmm. They're still walking out uh-huh. in, a, in a wheelchair and on crutches. Like this, this was emotionalism, mm-hmm. you know, and it changed my understanding of who I was listening to. So I had to start listening in a different way, yeah. you know, a little more critically. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and begin to kind of understand things. And then after a while, we got gotten to this point where I was, I was involved in quite a bit uh, of ministries after the Gen Next days mm-hmm. I was married and I'd hit this roadblock in, in my, uh, in my faith and my, my, like my faith, my career had, had, had come head to head where, yeah. you know, I, I hadn't, I didn't get a chance to go to church for like 18 months. You know, oh, I wow. mean, it was, yeah, it was nuts. You mm-hmm. know, it was just nuts. I could go to one service, but, but not another. And I was the worship leader at the church. Oh boy. You know, so I'm trying to run this team where mm-hmm. I'm, I'm barely ever there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, I shouldn't say I didn't go for 18 months. I was not consistent right. for in right. any right. stretch of the imagination, you know. I would be there at night because we had mm-hmm. evening services, but I, oh, most of the time I couldn't be there during the day. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And so I got to this point where I didn't even know if I wanted to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't know if I wanted to do the ministry thing anymore. I didn't know if I wanted to do church thing anymore. I was, I was done because there was enough conflict going on with people in the church, mm-hmm. you know, um, who had zero compassion for anything that ha- I had been going through. Right. You know, it's just, just, it's like, well, you're no longer as useful as you used to be. So we're just going to oh set you off to the side, you know? Yeah. So that's a real faith builder mm-hmm. right there. Yeah. And so I was, I was ready to walk away. And, um, someone recommended Joyce Meyer's book, Battlefield of the Mind. Mm-hmm. And I read that book and it, absolutely changed my perspective it Makes did sense. it did everything that it was supposed to do yeah and um i began listening to to, to joyce meyer would i listen to her today nope. no <laughs> no sir yeah but that but the the it's kind of back to that same thing where you realize that there is not just one group of people that God can use to get a hold of you. Right. Absolutely. You know, God can use a lot of whacked out people who you should never listen to to get your attention 100%. because, because they're there, yep. you know? And I, uh, and again, like I found out that that was, I believe that was her first book. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of the same thing with Benny Hinn. I think it was very early in the ministry mm-hmm. before this ridiculous success mm-hmm. kind of took place. And you start to realize that there was, I think there was a lot of people that were helped through, through, through books like that. I still recommend that book to people. Yeah. And I, I, I warn people, don't listen to what she's preaching right now, but this book will help you. And, uh, I get, you know, I get like, I get the puppy dog stare when I, when I do that here, like, hey, what's going on? 
you know, but it kind of comes back to that whole thing. Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. You know, there, there are some people, there are some people today who are, who have really gone off the rails, but that does not mean that's where they started. You know, so it's, it's that, it's that same thing, you know, where you're talking about your brother loved you sincerely, but he was also sincerely wrong, you know, where we can come from places where we have had a lot of, uh, experience with people early on that really shaped us. And then you come to the understanding that those people that shaped you were way off the rails. You know, what about you? Yep. Um, also, I remember a time when, uh, Ken Copeland came to Fort Drum, New York, uh, quite a, quite a few years ago. And I remember going to one of his, I think it was the first night of his, of his speak. It was a weekend long thing. Yep. Um, and I came up to see him speak and the whole thing was about money. The whole beginning. And I had to leave early because I had to go to work. I, I, I work overnights and I, I, I wanted as much of it as I can get because he was such a revered man of God. And, uh, so I started listening and I'm just like, this is, Nothing but fluff. There's no meat to the, and I was there for probably two hours, two and a half hours, and he hadn't even cracked the Bible open yet. Yeah, you know, and I'm just like, what is going on here? What is, yep. what is he doing? Yeah, and it was such a a misfire. Is kind of a, it's like nothing happened. It was very anticlimactic, you know, and I was just very disappointed to. Here, because like a, a lot of the men in my church have, you know, revered him. You know, I'm just like, this is not who they're talking about. This is not yeah. the same person that they're talking about. And I just began to listen, you know, closely to his podcast. Uh, I believe it's called Believer's Voice of Victory. And I'm just like, this isn't it. Like this, this isn't yeah. it. This isn't the the God I know and love. It's this guy is telling me something different than what I actually believe is from the word of God. Yeah. And that became difficult, you know? Yep. So my, that, that was, that was the two, two examples I thought of. My, uh, my first pastor was absolutely enthralled with, with Kenneth Copeland. Mm-hmm. And, and like, I didn't, of course I, you know, I was 20, I was 20 years old yeah. when I came to the Lord. So I didn't, I didn't but know who these people were. And so I would listen to him on TV. You know, you'd look at uh, different videos. Yeah. Uh, I, you know, I joined the 700 Club. Oh, yes. You know, Absolutely. it was, you know, because this is, this is what you did, yes. right? That's what Christians do. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and when they don't know anything, <laughs> you know, and watching TBN because, uh-huh. you know, apparently this is, this is what you did. And uh-huh. I was like, okay, you know, fine. And uh, when you start to see him and you realize not only did he like him, he had modeled his entire ministry mm-hmm. after him, mm-hmm. the way he spoke, the yep. way he preached, the way he dressed, the, his mannerisms on stage, you know, all this stuff. I'm like, ah, you know, come on. I, I always, I had just enough discernment to be <laughs> yeah. able to, to look at that and go, Red flags. great, here we go. Uh-huh. Uh, but it was, you know, it's, the interesting thing is like early in the, early in those years, those little revelations of, mm-hmm. you know, you know, really come mm-hmm. on. Yep. has helped shape the ministry that I'm in today uh-huh. because you you become very wary of that you it's know true. You, you don't want to be one of those nope. people you know and uh it's 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 just an unfortunate reality and I remember you know? when I first started listening to Chris Roseborough's fighting for the faith yep staunch calvinist yes very cruel to charismatic <laughs> yes i i would i would agree with that Lo- i love the guy yeah. but he is not kind to charismatics whatsoever but he would have audio clips 
of these messages from these speakers, yeah. from Ken Copeland and Benny Hinn and all every stripe, because he'd do positive um, reviews and negative reviews, and yeah. he would take entire. He wouldn't just take small snippets of their sermons. He'd take long sections yep. of their sermons yep. and literally hold it up to scripture. Yeah, and like I can't tell you how many times I listened to that podcast with my jaw open. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh, how come I never saw that? Yep. It was heartbreaking for so many of the ministers yep. that I have heard of and been uh, pointed towards and encouraged to uh, listen to their sermons and but read their books. I'm like, this guy is a fraud. Yeah. Or girl. It could yeah. Be. Yeah. 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 No, no matter what's going on. And you, and you, you listen to these guys. Like when I, when I, when I first got into, uh, found Chris Rosebore. I had found, uh, Spencer Smith mm-hmm. and, um, uh, Mike Winger before yep. then. And like Spencer Smith, I, he was making these comments and I was like, ah, you know, th- this guy's a blowhard, uh-huh. you know, but then <laughs> you, you, you stop and like, okay, now hold on. You, you know, he's got several thousand people that are, that are following him on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, so let's listen to a full broadcast and you realize, okay, like 95% of everything that he said is factually accurate. I just don't like the tone that that he he brought it in, mm-hmm. you know. And Chris Rosewater was the same thing, yeah. you know. Like, you know, like, you know, I hate that you were right. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's like shut up. Uh-huh. Um, but then you, but you start realizing how is it? Uh, and this is this is kind of the things that came to me initially. Like, how is it that these people that we would say mm-hmm. were unspiritual, mm-hmm. you know, um, deniers of being led of the Holy Spirit? And, uh, you know, how is it that they are seeing this right. and we right. are not? And, uh, it, it takes a lot. It really does take a lot to look in and think, I am missing this uh-huh. in big, big ways, yeah. you know? I think a lot of it comes back to our disposition as Christians is we want to be open and loving yeah. and give the, uh, expect the best intentions out of people. You know, and like I said before, my brother loved me sincerely, but he was wrong. So, like when we do the listen to these preachers, I, they probably have a sincerity in their heart, but they're wrong. They're, the things they're saying are not scriptural. They're a lot of them contradict scripture. Yeah, yeah, they go directly against it. I remember. Um, so, coming from a witchcraft background, I've always been very, very skeptical about what, what we would call movements and movements of the Holy Spirit and like how people do things. Yeah. I'm like, um, no, that's conjuring. That's, that's not, I can't believe that God would use this, uh-huh. you know? Um, well, don't call evil what God's calling good. Well, no, he called that evil, you know? And you start looking at these things and you start to realize how many Christian practices, uh, charismatic practices mm-hmm. touch the, uh, uh, the occult mm-hmm. without, uh, with honestly, without most Christians even knowing. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm not exactly sure where that line, kind of where that, where that, where that developed. But I've been, I for so many years, I was so skeptical of it that it would, it would immediately distance me when, when someone would do something crazy. You put up walls automatically. Yep. I'm just like, you know what? I'm, I am not going here. Mm -hmm. And I would go to things like, do you remember the um, freedom seminars? Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is, I'm, I'm pretty sure someone's going to be hearing this. Be like, hey. You heretic! You know, uh, you know, and, and, you know, I'll be honest, like, the, the, the freedom seminars, um, you know, the healing rooms, I'm not saying anything about the people who were involved, nope. but they, they, 
give me uneasy feelings, you know, because of the practices that I've seen. And, um, when, uh, when we first started doing the, the, the freedom seminars, we had like three different ones at, okay. at, at, at the church I was at at the time. Mm-hmm. And we would, we'd go through and we'd listen to these teachings and these were all about like, understanding the like dark the power of darkness in you and how you can speak authority over it Uh you know and like taking this authority back and like how evil works and all this stuff people are trying to explain the devil you know in 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 one way shape or form and it was just it it was just weird to 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 me other people completely enthralled in it like this is the most amazing thing ever Like, did you know the devil can control you? I'm like, no, he can't. You know, <laughs> you know it's like, like, come on, man, yeah. this is this is not how this works. But it immediately put me at on on a different side of the uh, of, of of the equation, and we would go through, and like the the teaching time would stop, and almost every time, and this took me a while to figure this out, the teaching would have nothing to do with scripture. Mm-hmm. Psychology. Yep. There would mm-hmm. be, there would be little mentions of like this passage. They would t- t- take a passage. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, but that verse might say that, uh, but if you read everything context. around the verse, it context. doesn't, you know? Um, it's, it's like, you know, come, mm-hmm. come on, man. Um, come on, man. <laughs> sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. I had a presidential moment. I'm good. Um, <laughs> This is why I shouldn't be allowed to speak. But you you, you start looking at, at at this stuff. But then, but when the when the ministry time would would uh, would would begin, it just took a very weird direction. Mm-hmm. And 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 I'm you know if anyone if any of you people who are listening have been part of these and you have been touched or, or something mm-hmm. as good has happened, great. Awesome. But what yeah exactly. But what I want you to understand is there is an entire group of the church. On the other side of that, that thinks that is freaky. Mm-hmm. That there's, that there's just, there's gotta be a, there's gotta be a better way to do that yeah. than, than to look like, um, to honestly, to look like a seance. Yeah. You know, an, an intercessor's prayer meeting should not look like a bunch of people gathered around a Ouija board, mm-hmm. you know, which, right. which a lot of times it just does, mm-hmm. you know, and you got people decreeing and declaring, you know, that the Holy Spirit's gonna, gonna obey them. <laughs> Give me a break. Yeah, exactly. You know, I mean, come on, man. I have got to, I got to figure something out, something else to say in that, in that, in that context, you know? Yeah, but we, but we start to see all these things and, and as, as we have been growing up in ministry, you know, like I said, there, there were, there was probably 10 or 12 years where we, we never actually even connected, Mm -hmm. but we're actually growing in the same direction on, on different sides Mm -hmm. of the, on different sides of the aisle. And, uh, you start to realize that, some of the people, some of the teachings that we sit under, mm-hmm. um, as younger Christians and some of the, you know, some of the messages that we hear are not, they're not from an unsincere heart, mm-hmm. but they're also wrong. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're just not there, you know? Totally. Yeah. People might, people may really want that to be true, but that does not make it true. Mm-hmm. You know, you're like, you can speak something, you speak that into existence. No, you know, you need to speak. Speak to something that isn't as though it is. That's not what that passage means, you know. You need to be the you need to be the David in your life, you know, and you need to to beat those Sauls. It's like you're not David, <laughs> you know. Yes. My my crappy job performance is not my Goliath. No. No. <laughs> or my attitude. Or whatever. Yeah. 
everybody. Thank you for listening to part two. Part three will be out next week on the 5th. I hope you liked it. If you do, like and subscribe, share it, and uh, we'll see you next week. Take care.